And each year, between 20,000 and 50,000 new cases of genital herpes are reported in Canada, where very reliable statistics are kept. In 1982, there were over 6,000 cases of herpes virus infections reported alone in Canada. More than 40% of these infections were sexually transmitted and largely involved young adults between the ages of 15 and 19 years. And for many other countries, not only the United States and Canada, it's simply because I have these statistics available and I can depend and rely on them, but the statistics are the same and the prevalence of genital herpes infection makes the disease a virtual epidemic. Among sexually transmitted diseases, it is second only to gonorrhea. The highest incidence of genital herpes occurs among prostitutes, sexually promiscuous young adults, and sexual partners who previously have had herpes infection. In general, this age group is at the highest risk of acquiring sexually transmitted diseases. Within the last three years, there has been an increasing number of reports on acquired immune deficiency syndrome, which you all know as AIDS, a disease of emerging epidemic proportion. It is attracting an extraordinary amount of attention. Some of you may know that it was featured in the August issue of Time magazine. Interest and concern on account of its unknown etiology and poor prognosis. There is no known cure for this illness too, which makes previously healthy adults become immunodeficient and in most cases the victims will die. It is particularly prevalent among male homosexuals, but epidemiological trends indicate that it is slowly increasing among heterosexuals and will gradually spread to the general population. In fact, this has been predicted by just about every agency studying AIDS that this will gradually permeate into the general population. As you can see, AIDS as a public health problem has been featured as a, not a public, as a national problem, an international problem, a problem of worldwide concern, has been featured in Times Magazine. It is now considered to be the most important new public health disease in North America. Because of the progressive and relentless epidemic, there is every fear that the disease, with all its frightening implications, might gradually spread to the general population. The consequences and dangers of promiscuous sexual relationships and deviant sexual practices have been expressed in this hadith some 1400 years ago. The lewdness will not exist among people until they appear as a common practice and plagues a new disease which did not exist before will spread among them. The word lewdness encompasses adultery, fornication, I'm told, homosexuality, bestiality, and all other sexual perversions. And it is not wide-stretched of any imagination that we should not consider herpes and AIDS as clear examples of new diseases, and indeed, at the present time, new diseases for which we have no cure. Thank you very much. The Quran on Geology Dr. Allison Pete Palmer About our speaker, born and raised in New Jersey, A.R., Pete Palmer earned his B.S. in Geology from Pennsylvania State in 1946 
and a PhD in geology from the University of Minnesota in 1950. During his lengthy career, he has held various positions in geology and paleontology, including Cambrian Geologist, Paleontologist, U.S. Geological Survey in Washington, D.C. from 1950 to 1966, Professor of Geology, State University of New York at Stony Brook from 1966 to 1980, and Centennial Science Program Coordinator, Mega Editor for about 40 volumes of multi-authored books on the Geology of North America for the Geological Society of America in Boulder from 1980 to 1993. Since 1993, he has been recentered as president of the small non-profit institute for Cambrian Studies. Dr. Allison Pete Palmer will now take you on an historic passage through time, using the now recently obtained knowledge from geological sciences, which he verifies so wondrously using chosen verses from the Quran and clearly stated comments of Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessing be upon him, known as Hadith. In order to discuss the significance of geological ideas or perceptions from the Quran and Hadith, it is first necessary to provide some background information describing where geology is today and how it got there. Geology began as a science slightly less than 200 years ago. Although various geological perceptions date back to Aristotle over 2,000 years ago, these perceptions were never integrated into an identifiable science until James Hutton recognized the implications of the now famous angular unconformity at Sicker Point in western Scotland in 1788. The Earth's crust was deformed, and these sediments, now cemented into rock, were tilted, and a plain was developed by erosion across their upturned edges. More sediments, a minimum of 2,100 meters thick, accumulated on this plain, and in the course of time were cemented to form rock. Erosion of this thick series of rocks, which is still in progress at the present time, has cut a deep canyon through these rocks, exposing the evidence of their history. This deeply eroded land surface is essentially the only land surface that human beings have ever seen. But what a magnificent history is revealed. The vastness of this history is clearly demanded by the logical implications of the angular unconformity. This evidence that the earth had a long history far beyond the memory of man was the basis for the science of geology. In the two centuries since Hutton saw and understood his angular unconformity in Scotland, geologists have been busily, busy unraveling this history. The unraveling was helped by several additional fundamental but simple ideas. First, Shells, bones, and plant remains found in rocks were recognized as records of life of the past. By the early 1800s, it was further recognized that the record of life in the rocks was different than it is today, and that the further back in time one went, that is, in lower and lower layers in the sequences of layered rocks, the more different the fossil record became. Thus, an empirical succession of geological ages was established each age was characterized by different assemblages of fossils found in the rocks. What do the Quran and Hadith say about all of this? Some key words from various parts of the Quran and Hadith have interesting implications. 
According to Surah 29, Ayah 20, God says, walk through the earth and see how God did originate creation. The story that I have just presented is the product of thousands of geologists walking through the earth, observing and thinking about their observations, primarily since the early 1800s. Next slide. Surah 79, Ayah 31, discussing creation and the earth, states, he draweth out therefrom its moisture. Although this seems to be in a context of springs because the following phrase mentions pastures, it is permissible to consider that this refers to outgassing of volcanoes early in Earth history. Volcanic gases include large amounts of water vapor and carbon dioxide. We believe that volcanoes early in Earth's history were the sources for the oceans and the atmosphere, an understanding only reached within the last century. Next slide. Ayah 79, I mean, Surah 79, Ayah 32 states, also in the context of creation, and the mountains hath he firmly fixed. Similar mention of mountains is found in several other surahs. It is permissible to interpret this to imply that mountains are rooted and that modern, ge and modern geophysics has established deep crustal roots for the axial parts of mountain systems at converging plate boundaries. Several surahs mention geological perceptions tied to earthquakes. Next slide. Surah 86, Ayah 12, in a context of predicting happenings on the Day of Judgment, states, and by the earth, which has faults. And Surah 67, Ayah 16, next slide. 